Good morning. We thought having water baptism on our launch, launch Sunday would be the best thing that we could do to remember that the reason we're making space is so that people can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference with their lives. So I can't wait. If you've not been water baptized, uh, that is a great Sunday to sign up and be a part of our water baptism service. I do get the uh, honor and privilege to introduce, though he needs no introduction, Pastor Frank Satius from Viva Church, Oshawa. <laughs> yeah. But what I... I'm going to say a bunch of nice things. Um, what I do want to do is just, uh, it's a gift for us. Uh, Pastor Frank serves uh, as an elder here at Harvest as we are building uh, our future eldership teams up along with Norman, Linda, OJ. Uh, and uh, Frank was on our apostolic team, but is getting a little bit more involved in these days, and we just so appreciate that. And God has just used him mightily, and that's why it's such a really a gift into my life and into this house to have his, uh, his gifting, his wisdom. Uh, this past weekend, he was in Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, at the Rock Church, and then he flew into Montreal. He was a part of a Brazilian a church anniversary service there last night where I picked him up. And uh, man, a couple hundred, a few hundred Brazilians were worshiping God in Montreal because Viva Church helped reach out to help a, uh, a couple uh, that uh, are Enrique, Enrique and uh, Natalie that are planting there. He's here this morning, and then up to our friends Louis and Adriana uh, at, uh, at the Ottawa Community Church, and he'll be there preaching tonight. And so he's fitting us in in the middle, but he told me he's not fitting, and we're the main we're the main deal. So uh, yeah, so we just appreciate. It. And the reason I tell you that is. His influence, uh, there's, there's a lot more uh, to appreciate about Pastor Frank, and I get to say this because he wouldn't say it, but at a local level in Oshawa, over 30 years of a thriving church into the hundreds now, five, six, sometimes 700 people on a Sunday morning, and they're trying to figure out what next steps are to accommodate that. In that region, as pastors uh, look to him and call on him, and uh, Canada Christian College, which many of you be aware of, granted him an honorary doctorate last year because of his work that they see in his, uh, his kingdom work. And then his missionary work, uh, not just Brazil, but he travels all over, helps MFI in Africa, uh, part of our apostolic team for all of Canada for the network that we belong to, and the chairman uh, and his wife will be here in two weeks. We'll get to hear from them. I share that just as you open your hearts. He is just one of us. He is our family. Family. He is part of the leadership team of this house, but he brings with him, as our friend this morning, so much to give us, so much to share with us. Would you stand to your feet this morning and honor Pastor Frank Satius from Viva? Um, who was he talking about? Well, we love you guys too. You may be seated. You know, I... I don't know. I, I just I just love being here. Um, I told I told oops and break things. I love to be here and break things. Is that good? Sorry about that. See, I'm already started breaking. Uh, I do. Yeah. See, the problem is I can't see it if it is too down there. I'm, I'm, anyways, guys, it's so good to be here. And uh, I tell you, I feel part of this house. I told Pastor Roy as I sat down, man, I just love this place. I want to move here. 
because it's just awesome. Uh, you, you may not realize what you have, but I hope you hear me well. You know, I sat there and I said, Pastor Roy, you know, I want to move here. And he said the same thing that you did. You will do it. And, um, and, then, and then he goes, and then, but you know what, what it is here, folks? It is a, a touch, a, a mixture of everything, like friendliness. You are a friendly church. And not only towards me, but I see how interaction is taking place. People coming to the door. And uh, not only that, the touch of excellence that you have. Like, guys, this is genius stuff. Sim genius stuff. Like, do you think, I, I look and say, well, why don't I, why didn't I have that idea? <laughs> but I'm sure taking this to Viva, because this is brilliant. You get new people coming in and you don't know over the summer. Like, this is awesome, you know? And, uh, and the excellence and, and everything that happens here. And, of course, uh, my appreciation for Pastor Roy and Christina uh, go beyond any words I could ever say. I mean, I feel just good with them. I feel just better. They make me feel smart even, you know? Like, and I, somebody gave me a doctorate degree, but I, you know, I, I graduated on the top 10 of my class from the bottom up. <laughs> and uh you know but just the like you know just the wisdom he talk about wisdom i'm thinking well i don't know we you have wisdom because you know when he talks he challenges me you know phone conversation and things like that and we grow together and it's just you know we have a, a board meeting every month and uh, i try to be quiet because I man there's so much smart people on that thing that i'm thinking Shoot, I'm just going to stay quiet here and just listen what these people have to say because, you know, I learn a lot. And I just want to thank you for allowing me to be a part uh, of this house and, 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 you know, and I feel at home here. And so, and that's a dangerous statement as, as you probably heard me before, you know, it's a dangerous statement that I feel at home because then it's crazy. Okay, but let's go for it. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Do you want to hear the word? Do you want to be touched by the Word of God? All right. Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Let's start there. I want to start with this because it is very familiar. And I'm going to be talking to you about faith, unwavering faith, or keys to an unwavering faith. Hebrews 11, chapter 6 says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. And He rewards those who diligently seek Him. So faith is an essential thing that we have. And there is a battle over faith. There is a battle over you trusting God and believing God and standing for the Lord. And I want to minister to you because of where you're coming in from this summer. Starting this year, the year with that prophetic, amazing move that was in here. And, uh, you know, you come in and, and man, there's so many promises and so many prophetic words. And so many things that were deposited in individual lives and in the life of this house. And, uh, you know, I just want to come and kind of boost faith this morning, you know, as we move into the end of the year and then see what God has for the following year. But I want also to uh, ask you to open in John chapter 2, John 2, verses 1 to 12. John 2, verses 1 to 12. It says this, on the third day, say third day, Amen. there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When you get married, it's a good idea to invite Jesus. When they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, 
they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, now only Jesus could get away speaking to his mother like that. <laughs> if I would say that to my mom, <laughs> now you gotta understand my mom. My mom was, my dad was nice. My dad was meek, sweet, nice. I mean, my dad was just the, you know, he, he would wake you, you know, four kids right in the house. And so when he would come on Sunday morning and he was pastoring a church in Brazil and, and stuff, and he would come in the morning and kind of wake us up and he would come into the room very quietly, very meek, gentle, and, and go into, hey, you know, touch our heads and hey, time to get up, son. Time to get up, son. Go to my sister, hey, girls, time to get up. And, and you know, and he would go and he would pray. Very meek, very nice. But but the problem was we didn't move. We only moved when we, we wouldn't have to see my mother. We would hurt her. When we would hear her steps foot come into the room, we would jump. Because by the time she got into the room, if we weren't up, folks, you would be praying for rapture. <laughs> and if I would dream, I, don't need an, I didn't even have to call my mother woman. I would have to dream about that. I would be looking for my head up to this day. <laughs> that was my mother. So sweet. Nice woman. <laughs> so, what did he say? And Jesus said, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says, do it. Like, she completely dismiss what he said didn't pay attention at all he said this has nothing to do with me this problem that you guys are having there nothing to do with me she goes uh boys make sure that you do whatever he says so she just you know dismissed everything now there were there six water water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants knew where the the, who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. What Jesus did in Cana of Galilee was the first. Say the first. Say the first. The first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed him. Father, we pray that you'd speak to us, that you'd feed us. We didn't come over here to hear from any man. We have come to hear from you. So we pray as we partake of the bread of the word, Father, that you would feed us today. They would leave this place challenged, changed, transformed by the power of your word today. We give you praise in the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. Amen. In a wedding, in a wedding, in a wedding, in a wedding is when Jesus' first miracle happened in the wedding. It wasn't in the church. It wasn't in a crusade. It wasn't in any kind of religious meeting. It wasn't any kind of camp setting or nothing like that, but in a wedding. And the peculiar thing about this particular miracle in the wedding is that 
The first miracle Jesus performed wasn't to heal anyone. It wasn't to save anyone. It wasn't to deliver anyone. It wasn't to do anything that you and I would say, wow, that was a great miracle. He didn't do that. His first miracle was not doing none of that. His first miracle was providing to a group of people something that they could live without. The first miracle that Jesus performed was a miracle that he provided to a group of people something they could easily live without. It was the whole miracle of transforming water into one. He didn't give them what they needed. He gave them something that if there was no more, life would go over. It would be embarrassing for the family, but life could go on. When you look at that test and you go a little bit of the background, you're going to find out that water was something that was very hard to find. It was a difficult at that particular time. It was a time of drought. It was a time where, you know, it was, if there was a miracle, then it would be the other way around. It was transforming water into wine, not, uh, uh, water, wine into water, not water into wine. And so it was, it seems to me that Jesus, on his first miracle, it seems like if you just uh, see the story, it seems like that Jesus, you know, the whole powerful Son of God, you are kind of wasting a miracle. Because there was probably people that needed something beyond of what Jesus provided for them. Creating something that was not a necessity when there were people who did not have even the necessity. And I want to talk to you today about unwavering faith. In other words, a faith that is unshakable, a faith that is, is stayed the same, a faith that in face of whatever it is that you have gone through or what you are going through, what this next four months of the year will provide, you are going to just stand still. That no matter what's happening, no matter what comes your way, no matter what, you know, what the devil has or no matter what's going on, that your attitude will be nobody's going to move from the presence of God, from the power of God, nobody's going to move from whatever it is, I'm going to look at the face of the devil and say is that all you got for me because I'm not gonna move nobody can talk me out of the scriptures nobody can talk me out of the word nobody can talk me out of serving nobody can talk me out of church nobody can talk me out of anything I'm gonna stand still and believe that God's gonna do what God said that God's going to do it doesn't matter how my family looks like. It doesn't matter how my finances look like. It doesn't matter how, what my body's telling me. I just choose to believe God's word. It's just like that. And so the first thing that we learn here is this. Is that dreams are as important as needs. Dreams are as important as needs. Verse 7. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water so they fill them to the brim. Verse 9, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. So to meet our dreams as is important to Jesus as it is to fulfill our needs. Many people have the faith that Jesus is going to meet their needs. But the Jesus we see in the Bible does not only meet needs. He has also wants to make sure that his dreams for our lives, his dreams for our churches are also met. 
Things that's not necessarily a need, but things that is in desires in the heart that you have. Promise that God has given you that you could easily live without. But God's saying, no, I love you too much. No, I just promise I'm going to give it to you. You see, the problem with that is this, that we are so prone to faith to believe that God's going to meet my needs, that we get shy away from the dreams, shy away from the promises of God that's not really, I really don't need that, but Lord, it would be nice. And I want to stir your heart today to believe on those things. You see, Jesus grew up, you know, as, as, as normal as everybody else. But the problem, you know, with, with this statement that we, we, we made, that, you know, that Jesus, it, it, our, our, our dreams are as important as our needs, is that if Jesus would be only interested in meeting needs on this wedding, this is what would have happened. He would have turned wine into water and not water into wine. You see, the Jesus I grew up knowing as a Jesus that turns, you know, wine into water. He takes all the good and gives you just enough to make it through. I grew up with a very limited vision of Jesus. A Jesus that is not interested in really blessing you, but a Jesus that is interested in meeting your needs. I mean, I remember growing up as a young kid, all I knew was a Jesus that met needs. Because my dad believed, my mom believed, we, we tasted so many miracles that God has given us. I remember one day, maybe I told this story here, I'm not sure, but I'll tell it again for those new people that are not here. Maybe I didn't. But, um, you know, I remember just growing up as a kid. My dad, you know, we were pastoring this little church in the, you know, close to the border of Paraguay and Brazil. And um, very poor kind of living and and so I remember my mom you know come to my dad and says uh dad that's what she would call him uh listen what are you gonna eat tomorrow we need to go to the store she go he goes well uh, I don't have anything and she goes well I mean everything that we had in the house is gone and so we have something for breakfast today but not for tomorrow I remember listening to that conversation and in my mind I thought uh oh we have a problem for tomorrow so what Frank does in the morning, he gets up early before anybody else. And he's the first one for breakfast. Because I thought, if somebody's going to miss the meal, it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Sat there. We had a breakfast. Went to church. Those days, those were the days where you go twice a day at, at, at church. You know, you'd go in the morning and go in the evening. And so we go in the morning, Bible study time, Sunday school time. We sit there in my mind. All what I know is about what's going to be happening for food. Because before we left the house, my mom said, so what about um, uh, dinner, uh, lunch today? My dad said, don't worry about that. We worry about that when we come back. And so all that story time goes on. And Frank is just thinking about the food that's not there in the house to eat. And I'm thinking, okay, service is over. We go back to the house. As we get back to the house, my mom asked the question again. My dad said, set the tables. And I thought to myself, well, maybe somebody's going to invite us over for, for lunch, you know, because that would happen sometimes, but not that Sunday. And my dad said to her, set the tables. And my dad said six, and my mom said six places. The wooden stove was there, but there was no, nothing on the wooden stove. And my dad just sat there. My dad was, again, I said, very meek guy. And he sat there and all the kids, two girls, two boys, mom and dad. And so we just joined hands. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what's going on here? And um, my dad prayed. And um, he had the prayer was very simple prayer. He goes, uh, Father, thank you for the food that we have at the table. And I go, there is no food at the table. This old man is having visions. 
Thank you for the food that we have at the table. Thank you that you have never left us hungry and not going to be today. In Jesus' name, amen. When he said amen, it was a knock at the door. This lady called Leah Cruz. Leah Cruz was a lady that would, it was a small city. She would go to a Presbyterian church in town. But uh, they were very rich. They had farms and airplanes and all things. I got my private pilot's license through her much, many, many years later on. But anyways, uh, she was there and uh, she wouldn't come to our church. She went to a Presbyterian church. And so she was there and she knocked at the door and she goes, um, Pastor Frank, that was my dad's name. Uh, you know, yesterday I was in the store and I thought about you. And I had, of course, you know, some meat for you guys. And I just stopped at the store to get a couple things. Well, those couple things was this truck. This truck that was, and I wonder if you guys could help me to bring the stuff over. And of course, you know, little Frank said, <laughs> absolutely, we're going to help. Well, folks, there was so much food on that truck that you'd not believe that I ate stuff that we never ate in our lives before. It was beyond of what we needed. It was stuff that my mom wouldn't buy normally. I remember on that same city, I remember having church functions and camp meetings and things like that. And, and I remember being around the kitchen with, you know, just running around and stuff. And I remember one of those camp meetings where we had several churches from the region in, in our church. And there was some ladies in the kitchen cooking some food and stuff. And, and, and I remember, you know, they called my dad over and they said, look, there is way more people than what we have food. And, uh, you know, we needed to buy more food. And my dad just didn't say anything. He just walked over to the kitchen. And he put his hands, you know, he stood his hands on the pot and said, Lord, you multiply food once. You can multiply it today in Jesus' name. Amen. And left. And I'm thinking, whoa, man, this is going to be amazing. And so service is over. Line up of people. And the ladies are putting, you know, Food into people's plate, and the more it comes, like the thing wouldn't go down. It just the more they put, and I was just watching, seeing that thing right before my eyes. And so, folks, I don't have any issue of you know Jesus fulfilling our needs. He is our Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, and that's where we needed to have. We needed to have the the, the faith for that. But how about having the faith, folks, for you to believe in the same way that you'd believe that God would supply your needs, that God would begin to fulfill and, and supply for the dreams that you have? That's like I don't need this, but you know why not? Why not? You see, that's the thing that I think we needed to understand in a relationship with God. That God is not a God that is holding His hands back that He does not want to bless. But rather, we needed to have the faith to say, yes, Lord, meet the needs. Yes, I need that. But Lord, there are dreams, there are visions, there are things that you have placed in my heart. Things that you even haven't asked for. God placed into your heart and you're saying, thing, you know, uh, maybe it's not going to happen. Uh, maybe it's too over. Why not? That's what I want to challenge you. Why not? Why not you to believe, to stand for you, for your family, for your kids, for your finances, for this house, to believe that God can provide for the, just the dreams and the visions that God has given you? Why not? Remember Jesus, remember David? King David, he was in, in this place there and he looked to the, to, the, to, the wall, to, the, to the waters and the cisterns, the wells. And he just, he just, he didn't need the water. But he just had a thought out loud. Why, 
you know, God, I just don't want to, you know, it would be nice for me to have a little bit of the water of the cisterns of, oh, I just love that. A couple guys just heard that. And they go in there and they fight a bunch of people and bring King David the little water. It was just a thought, wasn't a request, wasn't anything that he could live without. But why not? Why not, God, you know, provide for you today, for your family today, for you to live like looking around and going, why not? God, yeah. You know, that dream, that, that desire, that thing that God, you didn't ask for, but God just planted into your spirit that, you know, I want to talk to that things that you allowed to die in your life or allow, you know, to die in this church or allow, you know, that you just say, well, I guess that's not going to happen. I guess, you know, we could live the way it is until Jesus come home. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll say, why not now? Why not God providing for, the, for, the, for that dream for you, for your life right now? Before that glorious day. Why not? Look to the person beside you and say, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? God is a God that can do it. God is a God that can provide for you. Father, I pray that you'd resurrect dreams, your dreams, not just any dream, your dreams. Things that you have promised them. Things, O oh Lord, that you have promised their families. Lord, I pray particularly, Lord, your promise, one of the promises, Lord, is this. That uh, salvation is not only for us, but our household as well. And we pray for that, O oh God. Father, I pray for provision. I pray, O oh Lord, for miracles. Lord, for things to happen in the lives of your people, O oh God. Things that they just thought about it, dream about it. But those dreams and those thoughts came from you. And I pray, Lord, that those things would materialize in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. What's number one then? What's number one? Dreams are just as important as needs. There is a story that um, this king in Saudi Arabia somewhere, one of those princes, one of those sheikhs, one of those big guys, he had a, you know, he was learning to play golf. And there he was uh, playing golf and he thought, man, man, I wish I could have somebody to instruct me. So he got in touch with a guy in the U.S. who was a professional golfer and said, hey, I'm going to send my jet and would you mind to come to spend a couple days here with me or three days or a week and kind of help me out? And the guy said, yeah, sure, no problem. Send his jet. This guy got into the jet, comes into his, his turf, you know, and he's there. Spend, you know, let's say three, four days, five days just teaching him the golf. And so the end of those days, you know, the guy jumps into the jet with him and goes deliver him back to U.S. The guy goes out of the jet and, and the prince says to him, um, listen, you are so kind in, in coming, spend all this time here with me. Um, how about, like, is there anything that you need? Can I give you something? And the professional gopher go and say, well, you know what? I have everything that I need. I have a good job and my pay is good. I really don't need anything. And the prince said, well, it's not nice for you to say no to a prince. You know, it's like it's really, it's really not good. And the guy said, okay, you know what? Um, why don't you just give me a golf club? That, that'll be fine. 
And the guy said, oh, yeah, sure, I will do that, no problem. So the guy goes back to his, to his town, the golfers stay there. Three months later, nothing is happening. I thought, oh, maybe he forgot. Then on, a, then on a day comes a registered letter. A registered letter, he opened it up and said, man, maybe it's a gift certificate for a golf store and that I'm going to get my golf club. And so he opens the letter. And in the letter, he says, thank you so much for spending time. Attached to this letter is a deed to a golf club. The golf, the, 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 the professional golfer was thinking about a stick when he said golf club. The prince, when he receives that, the prince thought about real estate. <laughs> Do you understand that you're serving the king of kings and the lord of all lords? That while you're thinking about this much, your God is thinking about this much. You know, and don't, don't, don't please, don't come with this false humility then, well, you know. No, no, no. Listen, if the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, yes. whom you serve, yes. whom you love, yes. whom you trust, yes. is able to give and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or that you think, if that scripture is true, come on, let's welcome what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has for us. Can you imagine? <laughs> Stick. Right. <laughs> Number two. Trust in what God said in the face of what God has not yet done. Trust in what he said in the face of God has not yet done. When Mary approaches Jesus during this wine problem, she tells him that they have no wine. And Jesus does not give her a talk on anything other than, it's not my problem. She's asking Jesus to make a miracle in a wedding. Now, we see that this was the first miracle. Verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first, say the first, of the signs through which he revealed his glory to and his disciples believed him. So up to this point, the mother of Jesus have not seen him Perform any miracles. Zero. Zip. None. Zero. Nada. No miracles. She lived with him for 30 years. And the boy just play around as every other boy and everything, but she never seen. You see, when you are walking with God and you don't see God doing any miracle, and that's hard. What it does to your faith is that typically it destroys your faith. You ask once or maybe you prayed for someone or maybe you believe for something and you don't see that happening. Or maybe you tithe and maybe you serve, maybe you give, maybe you do all that, but you don't see breakthrough in your life. You see the testimony of someone saying that they got healed or they got blessed or a new job, but nothing is happening to you. You see a testimony of someone else being, you know, depressed and being then delivered from depression, but you're still depressed. There is nothing that's going on to you. And so what happens when those things begin to happen is that many times when we are surrounded by what God has not yet done, what it tends to happen to your faith and my faith that it shakes or waves our faith. We say, you know what? Jesus does not love me and he's not going to do miracles for me. Oh, he's going to do it for them, but not yet for me. 
People go as far as to create a doctrine that, 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 you know, that God is not going to perform any miracles. Not all the miracles that God is going to perform, He performed way back then. But now we are in a new era. So when you have a promise, but you don't see that promise being fulfilled, it's exactly what happens. We get discouraged in our faith. But Mary has faith. Jesus is going to do something. Now the question that we must ask is, where did Mary get the faith to believe that Jesus could solve, do a miracle, solve a wine problem on a wedding, but she has never yet has seen him performing any miracles? Because the Bible says in verse 11 that it was the first, say the first. It was the first miracle that Jesus performed, so there is no precedent there. That is not that Jesus is performing miracles all the time and this is going to be just peace and, a, peace and a, you know, like it's no problem, man. Peace, okay, you know, come on, go ahead and just go for it. Where did she get a faith like that? I tell you where. 30 years prior to. She is there minding her own business. An angel comes and says, Mary, Mary, beautiful Mary. Your life is about to change. You are going to see, you're going to carry on your womb a Messiah. And that Messiah is going to be the deliverer of the world. And his name is going to be, G and she downloads what's about going to happen to her. What does she do? She treasures the word in her heart. I believe, this is my own personal belief, that every day as Jesus is moving around, she's, he's moving around, she goes, could be today. It could be today. Come on, boy, you're playing, you're playing soccer because that's the game they play in, in, in heaven. I don't know if you know that or not. No. <laughs> you are playing with your, with your buddies there and you are going all around and stuff. But, you know, it could be, you know, just to remember, son, you are special, okay? You're special. Uh, you know, something is going to happen to you. 30 years. And in Mary's, this is me again, Mary, she would think, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It can take 70 years. It can take 100 years. It doesn't matter. This boy is special. Why? Because God said so. So, 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 so. Trust in what God said in the faith of what God has not yet done. Do not let your faith be destroyed by what God has not yet done. Did you hear what I say? Do not let your faith be destroyed by what God has not yet, say yet, yes. yet done. Because that's the kind of unwavering faith that you and I must have. It's like it didn't happen yet. But if God said it, God's going to fulfill it. God, God promised He's going to do it. Whatever He said, He is going to do it. If it has to take 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, it does not matter. God is going to do it. 
He is a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a God that is good to His Word. And so it doesn't matter that He has not yet done. You know, I believe and I trust in the promises of His Word over my life. What matter is what He said that's going to matter. I wonder how many people are sitting here today that have allowed what God has not yet done in your life. Already having your faith just, well, baby, it's not going to happen. Pastor Frank, the Lord has promised me 1942. <laughs> are you dead? <laughs> If you are breathing, it's still time for God to do it. It's like we are not talking about the promise that you and I make. We are talking about the promise that your Almighty God made. And it's like, what kind of then, you know, state we're going to live if we're going to believe on that, that God has a selective kind of memory. It's like, well, whatever happens, no. If God has said it, man, I'm going to stand on the promise of God's word. And it's just going to be a matter of time that the breakthrough is going to come. I'm going to live this day believing that God today can be just as good as any day for God's breakthrough to happen in my life. It's like, you know, three Hebrew children going to the fire furnace. And it's like God is able to deliver if he chooses not. But he's able. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through that. It's an Abraham that's going up to the mount to sacrifice a son. It's the son of the promise. And he goes, well... If he, got, if he died, he's going to have to come back to life again because I don't know how God's going to do this thing. But he, it's just, you understand what I'm trying to say to you folks? That what you have, that means mess somebody's Bible and I'm messing up the camera. What you have here, what you have here is everything that you need for your life. That's why you don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's already in God's mighty hand. And today, I have God on my side. He's never leave me. He never forsake me. He is for me. Therefore, who can be against me? And so I have God with me. There is nothing that's going to come. I'm going to live the best way that I can to be obedient to His Word. I'm going to confess when I fail. I'm going to just do, but God is the God that's going to take me through this thing. I don't know how to. And please don't ask me how, but I know that God's going to take me through this deal. All I need is the promise of His Word. Thank you, honey. Appreciate that. And I didn't, I didn't break anything, right? <laughs> so good. Chris doesn't let me use the Bible. When I go for her Bible, she'll say, no, not mine. That's somebody else's Bible. Because you never know. I wonder what are the things that God has not yet done. We're talking about the second service. And God's already talked about the 10th service. What if? Haven't done. God can do it. 
There is a city that God desires to save. There is friends of yours. There is relatives of yours. There is kids of yours. Parents of yours that need to know Jesus. And the promise is like, God, you promised that you're going to save my family. I know that I can't save them. Lord, I'm going to stand on that promise that you are going to do it. Like Smith Wigglesworth, remember? He raised himself 18 people from the dead. 18 people. Well, he himself, and, and tons of miracles. But he himself, it's zero. That means I need to stop. Yeah, it's zero. I need to stop. Right? It's zero there. Okay. And listen, and he was, and he was, see how ADD I am? Um, see, and he, and, he, and he would leave those crusades and go and, you know, and excruciating pain because he had some uh, kidney stones. And people would say, well, how come you can do all that for the people, but nothing's happening to you? You don't get healed. You don't get healed. Look at your daughter, deaf. Well, before that man went to the grave, the Lord healed him. And the Lord healed him and healed her, his daughter, from being deaf. So, folks, just because it didn't happen yet, does not mean that God's not going to do it. That's why your praise needs to be always up to date. Can you say amen? I'll give you tomorrow, okay? I'll give you tomorrow very quickly because it's zero there. It's zero, man. Now, maybe I'm not going to give you the two points. I'll end here. But listen. Listen. What I want you to get is this. The promises of God. Do you remember the woman with Yeshua blood? I don't know how do you read that scripture, but I, I read the scripture not like her going, Jesus is coming, multitudes of people all around him, and she is, have an issue of blood for, eight, for a long time. It has gone everywhere, spent all the money, and she sees in Jesus, this is my last resort right there. What does she do? I don't see her going, excuse me, boys, can I go in? Can you please excuse me? Let me, I don't see her doing that at all. In Pastor Frank's mind, the way I read the scripture was more something like this. Multitude of people. She's shunned from society. Nobody wants her around. And Jesus is passing by. And I think, just me, okay? You're different than me. You're nicer than me, but just me. I think that she does this. Excuse me. What does she grab, folks? And, and what does Jesus do? Jesus stops and says, uh, Power came out of me. Who touched me? Are you kidding me? Who touched me? Everybody's touching you. No, no, no. That, that woman touched me a different way. I wonder if I harvest this morning, we have people like you would assemble that woman and she, she, that, 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 that would just go grab at Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm getting a hold of your word for my life. Your word for my life. I just want that word for my life. Stop it. I know and I'm already. <laughs> Number three, God will, God's will never change, but God's timing does. Jesus said to his mother, it's not my time yet. He goes, he, tell, he tells her and she goes, do whatever he says. God never, God's will never changes, but God's timing does. 
Folks, listen, in one moment, Jesus said, it's not my problem. The next moment, he was solving the problem. Why not today? That's why when you come harvest to the church, when you come here on a Sunday, I mean, you have your awesome uh, uh, personal time with God and all that. That's beautiful. That's amazing. But you know what could be your attitude on a Saturday night before you come to church? Oh, they're coming. Ah, before you come to church. Listen, you know how should be your attitude before? I tell you what it should be, your attitude on Saturday night. You, you, you go, now, let's just say that this is about three weeks forward and you already have two services, okay? And, and, and you look at your wife or whoever, honey. Uh, so, uh, uh, listen, um, are we going to church tomorrow? Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, which service are we going? I don't know. Uh, and uh, kids, uh, do we have anything better to do tomorrow than? Uh, no wrong attitude. And then you come. You say, ah, let's decide to go. So then you come. And you come and you come in. You know, like you wash your face with lemon juice. <laughs> you come in and you sit there. And you, Karen, on the, on the piano. And then let's raise your hand. And you go, oh, brother. And you sit there. And, you know, and I wonder when this worship is going to be over. Then comes Pastor Roy to preach the word, and you're there sitting, and you're, okay, well, yeah, all right, Pastor Roy, I'm glad it's him, because that Frank boy, he preached too long, I'm glad it's him, but that's okay, here he is, oh, it's over now, then we go home, eh, wrong, what needs to be is more like this, honey, tomorrow, tomorrow is church, listen, it's church tomorrow at harvest, it's not if we're going, it's which of the two serve are we going just on one or going on both of them? Wait, 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 don't clap yet, don't clap yet. And so, and okay, get the kids. And then it's a Saturday night and you say, okay, let's go to, to bed early. Because you know, you know, we have this, 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 that we are waiting God to do. And so let's just get ourselves ready because there is an anointing that is different than anointing when I'm with Him alone. There is a corporate anointing that happens in this place that doesn't happen when you're at home or you're watching on a video. Now we have video, you guys have video, people watch because they're sick, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But that's not really the ideal. You understand? You gotta be on the room here, man. For there's something that happens when we come together. And so here you are, and you come, and you get up on Sunday morning, and you hey, today is church day, come on, let's go to harvest. Kids, let's go to harvest. And you're so excited. You come to the car, you prepare everything, you come already worshiping God, you know. You come just blessed to be worshiping God. And so you come into the house of God, and, and, and you come in with a smile like this, because you know that God might be doing something today in my life. My breakthrough might happen today, you know what I mean? And you go start talking, hey, my breakthrough might come today. You know, I, I know that God loves you, but, but, but the God loves me too, and, and I, might, I might receive my breakthrough. And so when, the, when the, you're there, ready to roll, right? You're just, you know, ready to roll, right? You know what I mean? Like on an airplane on a, on, on a runway, and full brakes on, you know, and, you know, ready to go. And you come, and then the worship team comes, and the worship team come, man, and you're just, yeah! And you are just worshiping God. And you are just expect because it could be during the worship time that this thing is going to happen. And then, okay, it wasn't worship. But then that doesn't discourage you. So you come. And Pastor Roy now comes. And you sit. But then when you sit, you don't sit like that. You sit like on the edge. You know, on the edge. And you are like, this thing's going to happen. What's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm just waiting for God to move. I'm going to wait because God's going to move in my life. God's going to do something in my life. I can't stand. I just am waiting for something to happen 
Because you believe God's will never change. But God's time does. And why not today? Why not suddenly? And I'm not even going to speak on the next one, but I'll give it to you anyways. Oh, man. Ridiculous obedience brings radical miracles. Jesus, you know why Jesus didn't ask the disciples to help him with this miracle? Because the disciples have a lot of questions asking. <laughs> Read the scripture. It says, um, get the servants. Because the servants don't ask any questions. <laughs> servants just obey. They just do it. And so, um, here's what you do. Get some water. Put it there. Take some of that. Take to the master's ceremony. If it was you and me, I would be saying, Jesus, you know, this is our job. I hope you know that. You know, we can put the water into the bucket. No problem. We could pray over it, dance around. We do whatever you want. When it comes the time to show the master of ceremony, you do that part. Because listen, when did that water turn into wine take the water from the pot and take to the master ceremony when the master ceremony tasted radical obedience radical obedience when you and I radically obey God without asking a lot of questions say you said it I'm gonna believe it if you said it I'm gonna do it because I am your servant and I don't care what's happening I'm just gonna be radical in my obedience to you because I know that you're going to do that I'm going to want to fulfill I, I just know that something is gonna happen just like multiplication of the bread and the fish something happened there Obedience. How many obedient children we have in the house today? Listen, would you please stand with me? I apologize. Come next week because the real pastor is going to be preaching next week. Listen, I just wanted to open. I see, I believe that we can just say, yeah, mm-hmm, 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 mm -hmm, amen. I believe that we need to answer. There is something that we needed to respond to. I don't know. Which part of this message has touched your heart? But I just know one thing here. Like me, I wouldn't mind to have some miracles in my life. I have the basic necessities I have. But I don't mind if God would pour out His blessing, His power upon my life. Upon my life, I just would. And I just want to say to you, if that's you today, let's sing this song. Let's just, by you moving from where you are and coming from whatever it is that's going to be, you're saying to yourself and to the spiritual realm and to the Lord, I, am, I believe your word says. And I'm going to believe that radical obedience will bring radical miracles. I'm going to believe that I don't need it to see in order for, for me to believe that you're going to do it. Lord, I'm just going just, to position myself for a miracle. And here, here I am. I surrender to you today in the name of Jesus. As we sing, would you just come? I'm going to pray quickly and pass to your pastor. Can you say amen? As we sing, just come, just come, just come. Just come, just come, just come, just come. Just come. You need a miracle? A miracle. Come on. Something for God to do in your family, in your finances, in your health. I don't know. I don't know where God wants to touch you to move, but just come. Don't stay back there. You want to break through? You need a breakthrough? Just come, just come, just come, just come. 
Just come, come read ahead. Read in front. Just come, come read in front. Read in the front. There's a lot of people back there. Come, 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 come. Come, come, come. In Jesus' name, Father. Father, I pray for a breakthrough. I ask for a breakthrough, oh God. A breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for a breakthrough. I pray for a breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for that breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in this new couple to be. Father, I pray as we honor you. Lord, I pray that you pour your anointing blessing. Open the doors, God. Open the doors of heaven over them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, bring a breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, oh God. Father, I pray for a breakthrough. I pray for a breakthrough. I pray for a breakthrough, breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I ask your blessing. I bless your blessing upon your people, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray for your blessing. I pray for your power. I ask, Father, that you'd move in the mighty name of Jesus. Bring the miracle. Bring the power. Bring the breakthrough, O oh God. Bring the breakthrough that they need, O oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for the miracle. Bring the miracle, God. Bring the miracle, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Into the shadows. Into the shadows. Into the shadows. Hallelujah. Just stand in a posture of receiving this morning as the Holy Spirit's really imparting something into our hearts, into our minds, our souls, our spirits. Lord, we just receive today. Lord, we receive today what you're pouring into us as individuals, as a house today, to stir our faith, Lord. A God who loves us so very, very much. The, the plans that you've placed, the dreams that you've placed. Lord, we thank you that this is a season Lord, of a sudden lease, that the timing of the Lord released in our hearts and in our midst. We thank you so much for that. If you're here today, and just before we dismiss the service and we've got a time over in our uh, lower cafe and cafe area, we would love for you to stay and just stay as little or as long as you would like. And there's some uh, donuts and cookies or something that we're gonna eat. But if you're here today and you've never received Jesus into your heart, it would be my greatest privilege to pray a prayer with you today, to invite Jesus to receive what you've heard about today. Maybe you didn't know that you could have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible said that what we call Easter, when he died on the cross, he rose again, that he took the wrath and the anger of God on himself so that God would not be angry with you as you turn to God today. If that's you today, I would ask everyone in the room and online, if you just bow your heart, your head, your eyes, close your eyes today. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me so much. I repent of my sin today. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. 
I start my new life today with you. Amen. We believe if you prayed a prayer like that, you're born again. Just tell somebody in a green shirt, I prayed that prayer. We have a gift for you, a Bible to start your uh, just to start your life with the Lord. Our prayer team is somewhere in this group, I think. And uh, if you'd like just to have somebody continue praying for your dreams and your miracles today, please stay as our prayer team's available to do that. Otherwise, we're dismissed today, but please just through these doors into the Lower Cafe and let's have a few minutes to get to know one another and read our name tags to know a name, a face, and a story. God bless you. Have an amazing week.